bring the discussion home and let's look at objectives of management accounting. What do you think is really, really the objectives of man accounting? What do you think? Per what we've discussed so far, we are putting all the pieces together. There are about five of them that we need to mention. Mm -hmm. Any ideas? The objective is to provide information in connection with costs. Okay. Long cost to management for uh, decision making. making. Right. Yeah. So you've actually said everything in that one point. You're supposed to say five things, but you have said everything in that one point. Oh, you say something. <laughs> <laughs> so you are summarizing. Okay. So to provide information relating to cost. Uh, or cost information and on cost information for management to make decisions. But when we want to now break down that term, one of the objectives is cost ascertainment. Cost ascertainment. What does it mean to ascertain cost? Draft cost. Draft cost or to determine cost. So cost ascertainment simply refers to as what? The determination or the estimation of cost of an activity, a process, or an undertaking. The determination or the estimation of cost of an activity, a process, or an undertaking. So if I want to build my furniture, how do I calculate the cost? That is cost ascertainment. Are you getting it? That's the first objective. Second, not only will we ascertain the cost, but we need to also control the cost. So, cost control. Cost control. What does it mean to control something? If you are not careful, you will be coming to this guy. <laughs> if you are not careful with your explanation, you'll be coming to him rather. What does it mean to control something? To regulate it. To regulate it. That's the right thing. To regulate. So how do you regulate something? Using variances. So cost control has to do with the comparison of what? The budgeted cost with the actual cost in order to what? Uh, get the variance. Are you getting the idea? So that is cost control. So that's the second objective that management accountants do. So this is achieved through variance analysis. So the comparison of budgeted cost with actual cost in order to control cost or keep cost under control. Then cost reduction. What does it mean to say cost reduction? Mm -hmm. When you control cost, you see the objective of cost control is to ensure that we are not incurring more cost than we are budgeted to incur. Are you getting it? So that if we are incurring more cost than we are budgeted to incur, we will make a decision quickly to what? Bring the cost back to our budget. So that is why we control cost. But what is cost reduction? What's cost reduction? Let's say you want to have a wedding. For those of us who have not done our wedding yet. If you want to have our wedding, how can we reduce the wedding cost? You don't buy expensive items? Maybe you can... Eh? You have something, Eric, for me? I mean, you, you, 
focus on the important aspect. The important aspect of the wedding, not have a big reception, right? It can be an executive wedding where people come only by invitation. So that people don't just come by heart. <laughs> Are you getting it? So cost reduction simply means finding the various ways to means or using the various techniques in order to keep cost at a, at what? A minimum level. But you have to be careful because in an attempt to reduce cost, it doesn't mean you are going for shoddy or less quality or inferior goods. Because if you say, okay, we are reducing cost, so labor, let's sack some labor and bring in junior staffs. Or we are reducing cost, so let's not use, let's not pass the products through the various stages, then you are not going to achieve what? Your main objective as a company. So let's take the definition for cost reduction. This refers to the this refers to the real and permanent reduction in the unit cost. This refers to the real and permanent reduction in the unit cost. This refers to the real and permanent reduction in the unit cost of goods manufactured or services rendered of goods manufactured or services rendered without affecting the intended use without affecting the intended use it is refers to the real and permanent reduction in the unit cost of goods manufactured or services rendered without affecting the intended use. Now there are various ways that cost reduction can be achieved. Some of the techniques that are used for cost reduction include budgetary control. That is why we'll be doing that later on. It's a whole topic on its own. It's a technique for cost reduction. Because as management accountants, we must make sure we help the company to reduce its cost. However, we are not compromising quality for uh, the cost. So budgetary control. Then standard costing is also another technique that is used. Then material control. So material and labor control. And then certainly the final thing is overhead control. So if we can keep all of these guys at minimal levels, we can certainly reduce what? Our cost without affecting the intended use. So we ascertain the cost of the activity. We control the cost, making sure that we compare the actual to the uh, budgeted to make sure we are not incurring more costs than we have budgeted for. However, we must find out ways and means to keep costs at their minimum level. So that's the third thing. Then the fourth thing is fixation of price. Fixing or setting of price levels. Remember under my cost card, or when I was doing my cost card, you remember I brought a profit there. Then I added a profit to the total cost and that gave me what? The selling price or the quoted price. So one of the objectives of the company is to provide, of management accounting, is to provide management with those cost information so that they can what? 
fix a price. That is not too high, that is not too low. One of the techniques we'll be using is what I mentioned under short-term decision, relevant costing. So if Joe Mattel comes and says, hey, you are an event organizing company, I mean, I'm organizing an event at the Independence Square, you don't just open your mouth and say, give us 400,000 Ghana cities. No, you don't open your mouth like that. Otherwise, you go to another company. So you ask yourself, what is the relevant cost I'm going to be what? Incurring. And how will you get the relevant cost if the management accountant provides you with what? Those costs. Then the last thing is designing of business policies. Designing of business policies. This is quite broad. Because if we realize that our labor force are not working well, then we can design some business policies that everybody should have a clock card. So if you come, you clock in the card and you go inside. If you go out, clock it in. So that if you don't come to work, we will know. If you come to work late also, we will know. So it helps the organization to design various policies. These are what you have to understand when we talk about the issue in relation to um, objectives of management accounting. Any question, please? Any question? What is the technique for cost attainment? For cost attainment, we actually use the broad ideas because we will borrow accounting for material. We will borrow accounting for labor. We will borrow accounting for overheads. These three are what made up the total cost. So we will borrow the ideas or the techniques from these three to now determine the cost of the product or the service. We may even add overheads. Yeah, that's so material, labor, and overheads. Material, labor, and overheads. So these are the techniques we use on that level. Okay. Now, so finally for today, I'm going to be looking at the one of the contemporary issues, and that is the balance core card. The balance core card. Now, one of the things that the, we mentioned just here that the management accountant does is cost control. Now, to achieve cost control, it means that we are going to be comparing our budget against what? The actual performance. And one of the ways that we'll be able to appraise and see how well the organization has done throughout the year is to find out or use a module or a framework called the balance core card. So let's look at the balance core card and we will conclude for the day on that. And God willing, next week I will touch on the business ethics. Now, the balance core card is a framework or module that was developed by Kaplan of Harvard Business School and Norton as a performance evaluation tool to enable businesses to evaluate their performance. Now, in evaluating the performance of organizations or management, we will do what we call the financial performance and then what? The non-financial 
performance. Usually, the financial accountant is only interested in the financial performance. I, with our profit has increased by 20%. Our earnings per share has increased by 10%. Our uh, return on capital employed has increased by 20%. And they are happy. But sometimes, the fact that your finances are good does not mean everything is worth good. So, in addition to the financial appraisal of an organization, we're also going to be looking at what? The non-financial. Like, how well were we able to satisfy our customers? Like, how well our, is our business processes working? Like, how well have we positioned ourselves for future development? So the issue about innovation or development. How well? Because these three things have an effect of, on our what? profitability. It is this four-rounded thing that Kaplan and Lotan put together into what we refer to as what? The balance score card. So let me just put it down for you here. And let's take it one after the other briefly. Okay, so at the top level, let me put the financial perspective. Let me put customer perspective here. Let me put business processes here. And then innovation. or development. This is a rounded performance evaluation technique that helps us to really appraise what? The entire performance of the organization. So let's start. Financial perspective. Kaplan and Norton says that the financial perspective simply has to do with how well, or the financial perspectives try to answer the question, how well do we appear to our shareholders? So the key here under financial uh, perspective is about profitability. Profitability. So how well do we appear to our shareholders? Do our shareholders see us as profitable or as unprofitable? So under the financial perspective, this is where for those of you use, doing financial reporting, you'll be do, using what? The ratios. Are you getting it? You'll be calculating various ratios in relation to finding about the financial perspective of the company. So financial perspective means how well the organization appears to its shareholders. And that measures the profitability of the company. So that if the company is not profitable, shareholders can decide to sell the shares, close the company, or if the company is profitable, they can increase their share or their investment in the company. But this information is based on historical information. So this is where the man management accountant comes in and goes beyond what we have done this year, and goes beyond the clapping we will receive this year, and goes under the scene to find out what really is happening. So we come to the second one called customer perspective. 
The customer perspective simply has to do with how our customers see us. So the primary thing has to do with customer satisfaction. Were we able to satisfy our customers? Did we meet their need as required? Was the organization able to render the services that they required? That is called customer satisfaction. Why is this important? Because the fact that you are making profits this year does not mean that all your customers were what? Satisfied. Because if they are not satisfied, it's likely they will recommend you. It's likely they will stop buying from you. That means from next year going, your profitability will what? Fall. That is why it is important for us to appraise how our customers see us as an organization. So customer perspective simply has to do with customer satisfaction. Customers usually want cheap products. So what is the cost of the product? What are the benefits of the product? Then they also want after sales services. So were we able to provide them goods at the least cost? Did we meet, did it, was, they, was it to their benefit? Did we render the after sales services that they required? So let me ask you this question. Let's say we are running, I am running a multi-TV installation firm. And in the year, I installed multi-TV for 100 people. From this 100 people, I made a profit of say $10,000. And I was happy. Now this 100 people, about 50 of them called me to say that they were having a problem with their digger box. A bar, nako, a bar, nako, it is not stable. So I should come and fix it for them. But I know that if I go and fix it for all of these 50 people, then that means I'm incurring a cost, isn't it? So my profit is going to fall. So for that reason, the 50 people who called me, I went to only 10. I went to fix their house for them. I went to fix their decoders for them. Note that I have unsatisfied how many people? 40 people. So this year, I may be clapping, hooray, pop champagne with my wife and my children, that we made a profit of 10,000. But these 40 people who are not satisfied, do you think they will recommend me for a job? No. So that is what Kaplan and Norton is saying. That in as much as you have made profit, you are happy, you must ask yourself, how do you appear to the customers? Are they satisfied? So if I receive 50 complaints and I only attended to 10 of them, which is 20% of the thing, that means I'll be running out of business very soon. That is what we mean by customer perspective. Third, business process perspective. Business process perspective. the company is profitable and being able to satisfy its customers, business processes has to do with measuring the effectiveness and efficiency of our systems as an organization. So this is about efficiency and effectiveness. Business processes. How efficient are we and how effective are we? 
So because it's about business processes, it means it cuts across the entire scope of the organization. How are our accounting systems working? How our machines are working? How are the employees of the company doing? What is their efficiency level? What is their effective level? Then the other systems in the company, how are they all working well? Are they effective? Are they efficient? Because chances are, maybe it is not only because of cost, that is why I couldn't render the service to these 40 people, but because I don't have other people uh, I don't have assistance to go and help me in these what, services. So that I don't have to go there, somebody else to, to go there. Meaning, I don't have effective systems what, in place. Why is this important? Because if our systems are effective and they are efficient, all other things being equal, the company will be able to what, satisfy the customers. Because once we have efficient and effective system in place, it means we should be able to what? Satisfy our customers. Once we are able to satisfy our customers and they are happy, hooray, we will make more money and our profitability will what? Increase. So this thing is not in isolation. It's actually connected. Now, in as much as we are talking about efficiency and effectiveness, we are not talking about a perfect system. Okay? Every system has loopholes in it. But what we are saying here is that we must make sure that we approach to the 100% mark. So that substantially, yes, 50 people made a complaint. But at least if we were able to meet, like, say, 40 of them or 45 of them, that's not a bad thing. It will help our company to grow. So that is what we call the business process perspective. Then the last one which is as equal, as important as the rest of the three, is what we call innovation and then development. What does it mean? This perspective simply looks at whether the company took any action during the year in order to improve upon existing systems. So, did the company, so it's about initiatives in, to improve existing systems. So, initiatives to improve existing business processes. Or, bringing in new processes to enhance efficiency. Now, there are some companies throughout the year, they will never organize any workshop or seminar for their employees. They will never do it. It is called innovation and development. Indeed, say that here Juma 2005, no, 2019, people are not trained. They don't bring on new accounting softwares, new accounting system. They don't bring on new employees. They don't bring, so there is no, so if there is no innovation, there is no development of the existing system, then you are doomed to be run out of business by your competitors or by your own self. So that is what we mean by innovation and then development. Are we bringing initiative to improve upon existing processes? So that is why some institutions also give scholarship to their clients to further their education. It can be to do their CA, to do their ACCA, or to even do their MBAs. 
Why? Because the organization believes that if we can develop our human resource, that means the company will become what? Efficient and more effective. If our company is efficient and more effective, all other things being equal, we will be able to satisfy our customers more. Because when we are efficient and we are effective, we now employ brains that can reduce our cost so that we can reduce the price of our product and render good after sales services, which will help us to satisfy our customers. Once we are able to do that, more money for the business. This is what you have to understand about the balance call card. Any question, please? some limitations about this but I'm going to leave that to you as an assignment so you go and write on the limitations of the balance scorecard limitations of the balance scorecard please note that this is a key module or framework in the management accounting syllabus Hence, you are likely to see a question under this thing in your exam. So please make sure you understand all the facets and most importantly, the limitations. So next week, I will check on the limitations that you work on. Thank you. So financial, some of the financial performance indicators, like profitability, okay, like ROI, okay, like rose, okay, rose is actually under this one. So return then RI, residual income. So return on investment, return on capital employed, uh, residual income. So all of these things are performance, financial performance indicators that we can. All right.